Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody, to Capital Formation. Today is uh, November 11th, 2020. Today's show will be about the federal crime bill. Uh, it was a bill passed in 1994. Uh, basically, on September 13th, 1994, President Clinton signed the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act of 1994, which is considered the Federal Crime Bill. This measure had a variety of impacts on California. Welcome to Fresno Capital Formation. Caller number 5172. Hello? Hello? Hello. Hello. Welcome to Fresno Capital Formation. How are you doing this evening? I'm um, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. You might want to introduce yourself and uh, let everyone know who you are and uh, your name. Start with your name. Okay. Uh, my name is Aileen Reed. Um, I'm a local Fresno resident and a chairperson for Fresno Freedom School. Welcome to the show, Maria. Um, next no, call on the it's line. Maria. It's Aileen. Excuse me, Aileen. Correction, Aileen. Aileen. Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the radio show. The next call, I want to introduce yourself. I'm uh, Marquina. Hi, you doing, Marquina. This is uh, thank you for joining the show tonight. Uh, today we're going to be discussing the federal crime bill, uh, which was passed on uh, September 13, 1994, by President Clinton which most people are not aware of, which was the Violent Crime and Control Act or the Federal Crime Bill and how it impacted the black community and the single-family households. Oh, okay. Wow. Is that the one where they identify uh, certain people as super predators? Yes, exactly, and they imposed mandatory sentences, and it was more like the prison boom in the 90s where California was right. subsidized for building prisons to incarcerate individuals and in mandated sentences. Uh, now, you know, they look back and said, hey, you know, some of these guys that were sentenced for either drug offenses could have went through drug diversions. But at that time, mm-hmm. you know, the law enforcement, um, they between 3,000 and 4,000 uh, new law enforcement officers 
were potentially hired into California, which was a share of the Cops on the Beat program. And, you know, of course, wow. they, 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 they've targeted certain individuals that they consider, you know, like you said, violent individuals or, you know, they, mm-hmm. they you know, profile them. Mm-hmm. Super predators. Right. And that was a bill authored by our now president-elect, um, you know, so therefore, you know, he, he did get a lot of our votes, but at the same time, there's irreversible or irre, irreparable um, damage to the to, to the family households, where now there's mm-hmm. a lot of kids growing up in those days without a father figure, based on this author of this bill. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it, right. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't remember that uh, Joe Biden was the head of the. Uh, I, I want to say Judiciary Committee, but um, when Anita Hill was having her trial, you know, that hearing, he was in charge of that, and he was very rude to her, and a lot of people are getting amnesia about that. Yeah, there's a lot of people who got amnesia, but, you know, a lot of the progressive people, they have not forgotten about history. Um, mm. There's a few people that, that talk about that. You know, that was... Uh, uh, social engineering, or like you would said, uh, po- political engineering, and plan. And some mm-hmm. people had to sign off on that. Where there were senators, I believe, as well as the NAACP, you know, that said, mm-hmm. okay, you know, we we want certain things included in that. Uh, I think mm-hmm. one of the main things that that people that bought on, or at least was sold by, it, was that you know a lot of women were back then was experiencing domestic violence, where it created mm-hmm. a, a you know. Uh, consequential uh, consequences on those uh, crimes that were against women. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, hmm. I think we're going to have to, you know, progressives are going to have to rethink what their agenda is and how they're going to approach it because if, if the problem in the past is uh, so-called liberals, and progressives have made so many concessions that we've given away everything, and our foundation is is you know full of sand. So we have to decide what's what's important and what's important to to fight for. I mean, Marquita, what what do you think about where we need to go in the future? I'm not sure. She, I know that there's a few callers on the line. I'm not sure if she's still on the line or, oh. or maybe she's on. Okay. Well, brother, where where do you feel that, that we need to go in the future? Um, if we keep giving everything away, if we keep making concessions about everything, then we're going to be left with nothing. And that's why it's so hard to get unified, especially black progressives. Well, I think, you know, our vote should have uh, some kind of power to that. You know, if, if, if we are given our vote, then we should have some kind of mm-hmm. empowerment, you know, to that, not just a, a, a voice at the table, but and more of an, and not just an incentivized as well, but we we have to have, you know, some kind of power, whether it's economic power or uh mm-hmm. Social social reform, you know, power because mm-hmm. you know a lot of these people they won't make it into office, and they you know c- campaign for our vote from you know because right. they don't want 
Republican-led uh, uh, political, uh, you know, system, but then they want more of a dem- mm-hmm. democratic system. But then at the same time, they do forget about, you know, the history, um, especially, you know, some of the some of the, the laws that were passed, uh, you know, just for example, you know, that, that federal crime bill, it, it increased oh federal, federal federal penalties yes. for many crimes. And a lot of people that suffered or at least took the uh, the, 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 the prosecution uh, mm-hmm. statistics of that was, was blacks and, and, and other minority groups, you know. Absolutely. And, and, and they were either, you know, they were either punished by mandatory sentence or punished by death, you know, and then especially like the drive-by shootings and the carjacking, which like you were like you were saying earlier was those super predators, you know. But right. you know, if you look at right. what what, and what it, creates it was the same predators. for women too, because a lot of women um, were in. I don't want not. I'm I'm not saying the drug trade, but their drug charges stem from being in a relationship with somebody. And they might have not been directly involved, but because of those mandates, they wound up they wound up spending a lot of time in prison and away from their family and their children. So I hear what you're saying. So prison reform, um, accountability to uh, elected officials, transparency, and maybe the end of private. Uh, prisons yeah because that's a big monopoly right there those private prisons you know they they make multi-million multi-billion dollars from you know the phone call system out actually the, the canteen the commissary i mean it's, mm. it's, 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 it's 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 pretty much a profitable business uh and then people that are you know working as far as the labor force they're paid you know mm-hmm. cents cents on a dollar yes yes that's true. That's absolutely true. And people need to understand that once those families are fractured and those people, are, like you were saying at the top of the show, those people go away, um, those are lives that are going to be impacted forever, those children, the parents, um, all of that. So maybe, I'm not saying, I, I, I know the government's not going to do a reparations for that. But maybe going forward, we could have some social justice advocates helping to draft the changes that need to happen um, to make that system better. I, I think that's already at the legislation uh, level right now. California authored okay. uh, a rep, 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 reparation or at least, uh, you know, something for, you know, blacks, you know, being slaves. But you know it, mm. it doesn't. It doesn't. It won't make things you know whole again from the broken up families. Uh, you know mm. those kids grew up you know without you know father guidance or a mother guidance because like mm-hmm. you were saying, you know, the, 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 most people are incarcerated because of the drugs. You know the war on drugs. But if you think about it, there, there is no black chemists. There is no black airplane pilot that's going to fly across that's the Atlantic and right. Pacific Ocean and land at right. you know JFK Airport and then unload this cargo. It doesn't. It, it that's that has that. to be the network of, of 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 a lot organized crime and we are we 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 don't have that kind of a level of organized crime. So it has to have a, more of a. That's right. 
it's a plan by design, but then, you know, the punishment, you know, from the justice system, you know, is, is punished the minorities. And, you know, it goes back to the, you know, you know the funding that they, they, they authorized. They authorized $30 billion from 2000 to 2001 or over a six-year period, you know, to increase, you know, the policing, you know, community policing. Yeah. And then we go back and look at, you know, the Floyd Harris, you know, the other uh, people that are, you know, everyone is protesting about, you know, the Breonna Taylors, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. that, that, that right there, you know, it, it's, a, it's a systemic systemic problem, not just racism, I would say. It, it It's true. And, you know, people don't, well, many of us see that the racism and the classism is baked in because, like you say about the airplanes coming over, the system is set up in a certain way where where black and brown people are going to suffer just like in um black and brown neighborhoods you are gonna have a disproportionate number of liquor stores on every other corner. You're gonna have fast food restaurants, you're gonna have things that are not conducive to good health or, you know, a good healthy community and it seems to thrive there. Now Fresno is supposedly um, having something where they're going to start looking at how many liquor license permits that they're um, uh, okaying and everything, but they just did another one in uh, Central West Fresno. So, you know, it's all about the money, and black and brown communities continue to suffer, and I would say Asian communities too, Um you know, it's okay for them to make money off of us, and then when something happens, yeah, that that goes back to the to the monopoly system or the sales tax. Um, but you know, you know, I think one of the main things that put the spotlight on on them um, not issuing so many of those liquor licenses and and having a, a density of, of so many liquor liquor stores within a certain uh, population density is because Fresno uh. was labeled drunkest city in America. <laughs> oh. You know, oh. And, and, yeah. With that, with that being said, you know that kind of put you know elected officials, you know, on the spot on why is your city the drunkest drunkest city in America mm-hmm. when they doing the checkpoints, and with those checkpoints, mm-hmm. then why why are so many people driving you know under the influence and we're pulling them over and giving so many DUIs with the population right. that we have. So, you know, they right. started, you know, and then there is some progressive uh, political leaders that is, you know, trying to uh, change the, you know, for the people and, and want to see a change. But, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, you know, the, the broken family system is the start of a lot of the problems in the community from the, you know, the violence, domestic violence, the gun violence, the gangs, Mm-hmm. Drug poverty, yeah. you know, lack of education, you know, and it's almost like you know, it's okay to you know here you know, indulge in alcohol and forget about your problems temporarily. It's like a numbing, you know, it's like a numbing medicine right. to the problem. Say that. That's right. That's right. Self medication. It's wow, brother. That's you said a mouthful, and that's what so many of our people do. You know. We're punished as well for the inequality. Mm. Mm. Right. And so many people, you know, it, it's 
we I'm I'm trying to figure out going forward how we as as activists and progressives continue to work at changing the narrative because it's not all gloom and doom in these communities. Most of the people in so called poor or low income communities work every day. Um, you know, they have jobs, they have two, three jobs, you know, to right. to make ends meet. And um this this idea that oh you know it's just full of crime and 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 pathos and terrible things happening well that could be you know domestic violence you know drive by that could be in any part of Fresno the you it, know the, the, the domestic violence and, and that kind of crime so people need to get this thing out of their head and that's racism and classism when you start talking about, oh, there's only crime in Southwest and Southeast Fresno, because that's not true. That's not true. It's interesting that you say that, because I talked to an older gentleman that was a a resident of West Southwest Fresno today, and he told me when he was growing up in the 50s and probably the 40s that they Mm -hmm. were not allowed to cross the railroad tracks. And I was like, what do you mean the railroad tracks? And he was saying that, you know, he had to stay, you know, from the redlining. He had to stay on, you know, southwest mm-hmm. side of town because if he didn't, uh, you know, that, you know, they wasn't accepting him on that side of town. And I was like, wow. wow. You know, and he said that, you know, they had to build their houses, you know, on the southwest Fresno side because, you know, they they, they, they <laughs> knew that they they shouldn't, they, they can't go yeah, across he, the railroad tracks. Yeah, he he's not lying. My parents came here after World War II, and my dad was in the Navy. And uh, I'm gonna tell you, brother, they we live in I live in Southwest Fresno where they built their house. They could not get a GI Bill loan anywhere in Fresno. They had to drive to Merced to this little mortgage company called Newton Mortgage. I still remember my my parents talking about this for them to get a loan to get redlined into Southwest Fresno. Yes. My dad built the house himself, but couldn't get a loan in Fresno. They did not have bad credit. They had they had a house in Texas that they sold and so they were already property owners. You know? And and a good risk and he had a GI bill. So the brother that you were talking to, the older gentleman, he's not lying. He was right about that. And this and, and this is our legacy here in Fresno. And, and and he was saying he owned a property over there by uh on I believe Jensen and Walnut over there by uh mm-hmm. I believe Miss. He was saying that you know he he wants to build out there now that they're building the college and breaking ground. He was like you know mm-hmm. now and now the land is appreciating more. Because back, right. you know, right, into, you know, for so many years it was undervalued. It was it really wasn't, you know, worth anything. Mm-hmm. And another guy was saying that somebody went in and, and completely remodeled a home, and and went mm-hmm. in and only got one hundred and forty thousand dollars for it. Well, if you did the same thing on the north side of town, you're going to get two hundred and fifty thousand dollars over, right. you know, hundred thousand dollars more. Yes, this and this is an awful problem. I don't know if you've talked to people who. Um, about the gentrification of Southwest Fresno because investors are buying up homes from from older elderly residents and you know flipping them and and I'm not saying that that's illegal or anything like that. The same thing happened in, in Oakland, 
but it changes the personality of the area. And so, uh, you know, we want to try to hold on to the cultural aspects of Southwest Fresno and not get totally eaten up by these investors and 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 everything that they want to do. So that's going to be that displacement for the residents to have a voice. They they call that the displacement. It's displacement. Uh, yeah, displacement. Or the gentrification is what, what they I think what they call it. Mm. Wow, brother. You know, um, I know that we've gotten a little bit, um, you know, away from the uh, the crime bill that you were talking about, but it all fits in together. And I'm trying to figure out why people are having such a hard time with defunding the police. Uh, that's the catchphrase that seems to make everybody crazy when it's obvious that their tactics are not working, especially with Fresno PD, and putting that money towards more social programs um, that are going to help people, especially if it is um, a mental illness type of uh, issue that they're dealing with. Obviously, they're not qualified to do it. They need a crisis response team. So, so you're suggesting like a triage, a triage center, or something yes. like that. So, yes, that if it's not if it's not a nonviolent thing and the person doesn't have a weapon, Fresno PD doesn't really even need to go unless it's for you know uh, backup. I mean, they need to be sending mental health and social service personnel out there to deal with the person instead of beating them up and throwing them in jail, which is what is happening now. Well, there, there is two programs. There's actually three. There is Stop the Violence. I believe the Fresno Street Saints, which is uh, Joby Jones. I really can't speak for them. And then there's another program called Advanced Peace. They had, right. they had a difficult time on trying to uh, get their funding, but their funding is coming from, you know, the city. The third group that Finally, I do know, yeah, they refused it at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they rejected mm-hmm. it, and a lot of people mm-hmm. are opposed to stipulating that you know the stereotype was being met. And then the third group that I know mm-hmm. is called Fresno United Stop the Violence. Those three mm-hmm. groups are the are the grassroots of the West Fresno area that uh, is looking to uh, you know make a change and reach out to you know the, to to those people that are you know caught up I would say in, in between the the I would call it the purgatory, you know, purgatory area where right. they don't know exactly if they're gonna, you know, stay on the right path or the wrong path. Right. Uh, but, but like you said, you know, the the there's they need to increase the substance abuse treatment programs because a lot of people are mm-hmm. out, you know, using these, these drugs now and these drugs that they're they're putting on the streets now isn't the same. You know, it's actually killing people mm. because of the fentanyl that wow. I think it's fentanyl. A lot of people are Dying over the fentanyl, which is, you know, that's that that's a regulated, controlled substance, and you know, people are dying. Yeah, you know, it's that, not like that's what killed uh, Michael Jackson and and Prince. I think. Wow, um, that stuff. Is I didn't a, know that it had gotten to the street level. I mean, I don't know a lot about you know, but I've heard the name. So wow, I didn't know that. I didn't yes. know that. Mm. 
even marijuana now is just as dangerous as, 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 as you know as 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 crack cocaine now. I mean, you know, it's gonna kill you the same if you, you know, smoke marijuana. It's like you might smoke marijuana it might be more deadlier than than heroin. So I'm like, well, you know, you you don't know what you're buying and what you're getting on the streets. And then the other part of it is they legalize marijuana, but then the people that were you know, sentenced and persecuted, or at least, you know, caught with a certain amount of uh, marijuana mm-hmm. and did mandatory sentences, they're not going to be able to benefit from the new legalized law. Exactly. You know what? You make an excellent point, and I have wondered, now that they've legalized marijuana, are black and brown people going to be able to get into the business, or is it going to be taken over and run totally by European Americans? I'm just asking. It's going to run. It's going to be ran by big businesses, corporate big businesses like you know, like the the Paycheck Protection Program, like the loan program. It's going to come into big mm-hmm. corporations because they're mm. going to say, okay, you, you can you can get a license considering if you don't have a background, if you don't have a violent crime in your history, if you don't have A, B, C, you know, you got certain exclusions and criteria that have to be met in order for you to be able to be legally able to operate and sell this legalized marijuana. However, you know, somebody that don't have that background, but at the same time, who was, like you said, who, who was actually went through more of the legal the justice system or at least, you know, certain time, most people are, right. you know, broken up this place. Those people are not, and that, and all they were doing is they had a, they had a business mindset. They just didn't exactly. go about it the, legal, the way to be legalized to have a legal, legitimate business and pay their taxes so they don't have to go through tax evasion. So they, they have exactly. a business entrepreneurial spirit, but they're not going to get an opportunity. That's crazy. See, that's crazy to me. That is anti-capitalism. I mean, I'm I'm not a capitalist, but I'm just saying that why not give a, a leg up to the people who already know the business, who already know it? It's, it's crazy. And this is where the racism and classism comes in. <laughs> but you're right. I'm I'm sure it's going to go like that with, with the big business people taking it over. But... Fresno has a lot of work um, that it needs to to do to make things better um, for the residents, the black and brown and Asian residents that live here. So, but but when you say people are talking about they're opposed to defund the police, back in 2000, when the or even 1994, when this the federal crime bill was passed, the police had got 30 billion dollars in funding. To ramp up their uh, you said billion, thirty billion, thirty, thirty, the number thirty, three zero billion. Wow, thirty billion wow. authorized as a, and California qualified up to one point two billion in a grant. You know, for state prison uh-huh. construction, that was just for uh-huh. stability prison. That was that was when you know all the prison started to uh, expand and build. Uh, but mm-hmm. from 2000, it said the bill authorized 30 billion dollars for programs over wow. a six billion, over a six year period. So basically, five billion a year was was given to the police department to uh, you know, poli- community based policing. Mm-hmm. So telling me, mm-hmm. even if you, whether you defund or fund or overfund, 
What did they do with that mm. thirty billion? What change was made in, with thirty billion dollars given to the you know to police reform? Exactly, brother. And and this is this is what I don't understand with that kind of money. Starting from the '90s up till till now, I, I remember when they started to militarize the police departments and things got a lot more, you know, hairy and scary in, in that respect. But if if my thing is this, to me, it's common sense. If you are not using the money that you already have, why should we give you more money to do what? To hire more people who are ineffective? to hire more people who are going to brutalize the community. I mean, our taxes are paying for that. We're paying their salary. And it's just like this uh, Fresno uh, Police Reform Commission that they put together. Uh, I, I read, you know, the report and everything. There should have been very few police officers on that commission. You know, just have a third of it was was police officers and and police union people and all that. That's intimidating to the general public. That's the whole point, I think. You know, they threw all this money at it. So where are you gonna spend it? Mm-hmm. So you well, make a good point. Wow, thirty billion dollars. That's a lot of money. But that's distributed that's through all the United States. So, but California probably right. got about. Point two, maybe one point five billion, but we're looking at like you were saying, uh, uh, you know, they they have to have people that are on. If, if they did look at selecting committee members, it's almost like saying, okay, you you are you have a car, you have insurance, but then you know you get into a car accident, the adjuster comes out, but who does the adjuster works for? The adjuster works for the insurance companies, which. He's going to look out for the best interest of the insurer and give you the least amount of money for what your car is worth if it's salvaged or repairable, right? And that's what this right. situation looks like when you look at these committee people. You know, they're talking about, you mm. know, community or reforming or improving it where, you know, I mean, we, we have to have a balance of, uh, of, of law and order. Don't get me wrong, you mm. know, because you know, there, there has to be a police, you know, need and a presence. But it has to have more social programs, social justice programs, uh, programs involving for, uh, you know, education. Uh, um, you know, I mean, a lot of people, you know, the legal immigrants were incarcerated from that. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's you know, violent offenders, you know, and, and women, domestic violence programs. Uh, but we, we, we lack uh Things for the mental health illness. That that right there, it's that, legally okay for you to be mentally ill, but it's illegal for you to do a crime. You will be incarcerated with mandatory detention. But 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 if you are under a mental distress or mentally ill and go commit a crime, mm -hmm. so your punishment will be, yeah. be dependent on your your psychological evaluation, where the psychological damage is already there when people are out committing a crime because they don't have a father figure or their their home environment is is is, is mm -hmm. not you know adequate enough for them to be productive. Absolutely, and what you say about mental health and domestic violence goes hand in hand. I think about with the advent of this pandemic that we've had. Think about the people who are stressing mental health wise, or you know whether it's from you know something you know internal or drugs, alcohol. 
you know, committing domestic violence against their family members because they're all trapped in the house together. Ain't no place to go. So, you that, know, the abuser and, and the abusee are both there together. And it's it's very difficult for those who know and understand domestic violence. Um, it's very hard. I've worked in, in that community uh, before, and um, I'm a survivor, not in a relationship, but from childhood. And, and I can tell you, it's, it's no joke. Um, it's very real. And people need to understand that mental health is not a crime. Mental illness is not a crime. And it shouldn't be treated as such. We're going to have to change our viewpoint about that. And it's, and I'm just saying this as um, an older black female. Black people have to get away from, oh, I don't want to have to go see a counselor. I don't want to have to talk to nobody. Hey, you know, it's better than going to jail. It's better than hurting yourself or somebody else to to get some help. We have to change the narrative about what's good for us and what's not. You brought up something very a very good topic and 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 that's where the system is broken because if a person mm. is suffering a mental health illness and they are and then a family member or a concerned individual wants to get them help, they have their mm. called their rights. If a person is not mm. a danger to themselves or a danger to others mm. and they can answer certain questions like who's the president, what's the day's date, what's mm. the month? you're pretty much in your right state of mind, even though you know okay. if they don't take their medicine, they are not their, right. their selves. You know, they're, they're not their right. selves. And it's, it's like 24 hours, you have to monitor and watch this person and redirect that person from doing something, you know, that they mm-hmm. shouldn't do. It's like, you know, it's, it's very challenging. And, and then when right. it comes to being a minority, who can identify that? There's not enough case managers, and if they do have case managers, social workers, you got one social mm. worker that has a case for 200 people. How can she be a fool? How can they do their job? Oh, my God. Brother, are you serious? That is – I've done social work, and that is just – wow. Whoa. 200 – oh, yeah. wow. That's that, – that's, I'm gobsmacked on that when I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Don't come back we're, for that. Oh, my goodness. Well, the best social programs we're going to have is going to be the pastors in the community, the local, the mm. faith-based organizations, the, you know, the churches that, you know, can, can, can not, under, not only have the, you know, the, 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 the calling of, you know, of their calling to, you know, pastor the sheep, but also be able to provide those sorts of services, you know, to combat crime mm-hmm. against battered women, you know, anything as far as mm-hmm. education, uh, drug support program, but their they're, they're grants, you know, how are they getting the funding yeah. to, to get the professionals, you know, that can go out and, and pretty much be uh, missionaries in the community? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well said. That's... Catholic Charity seems to do a really good job, but I know that they are, you know, a nationwide thing, and they just have a branch in Fresno. But you're right; the the churches need to have a a, a bigger hand um, in doing this, and they need to do, get uh, from the city and the county. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, if 
you had a problem, whatever your problem was, whether it's illness in your family or, you know, an accident or something, you went to your pastor, you know, and you you went to your church, and your church helped you. Now it's different. Um, a lot of people, you know, and that needs to change because there are a lot of churches. I know a lot of churches in Southwest Fresno. I don't know what the count is now. The last time I counted, it was like 25 in Southwest Fresno alone. Because. Because, see, I think, you know, if a person was able to say, you know, if, if I can call this hotline and they can connect me to my nearest church, which is maybe two or three blocks away, and I can say, you know, mm-hmm. I'm having some problems in my home, I'm having some violence mm-hmm. and some drug issues, you know, they can say, mm-hmm. you know, let's get this process started to get you, you know, with these connect you to these yeah. social service programs so that, you know, and if there's a person in the, in the house that that's a violent person, you know, we can get you removed right. out of that, that environment and get the kids, in, you know, removed out of that environment and, and, and deal with the individual where you have those groups that I was telling you about, uh, you know, maybe like mm-hmm. uh, Stop the Violence or, or Advanced Peace or mm-hmm. the other organization I was telling you. They can come in and talk to the individual or basically or, you know, and that's what leads to these, you know, these hostage situations where the, the police is called. Then they're saying, okay, I thought he had a weapon. He looked like he was reaching for stuff, so he ran from it. We shot him in the back. Right, right, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And senseless, I'm saying senseless killing, but they can make it, their narrative, they can make it stick. So if we want to build healthy communities, what you just described is is the kind of thing that we need. And it's it's doable, you know, this is not pie in the sky stuff that that cannot happen. This is something that can happen if people are committed to change. I like You're the right. way you think and you put that. The word, the word, the key is uh, committed to change, but we have to go back and look at what, how we've been social engineered and social conditioned to, uh, mm. you know, have the way the community, the way that we're so disproportionate. You know, from 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 lack of funding, uh, being mm-hmm. you know disenfranchised, our vote doesn't have no power to it. We have no political power, but we have a vote. Mm. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's like we're we're naturalized citizens, but we but we 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 have this. Mm-hmm. You know, the way the way we're treated is indifferent. Exactly, exactly. Uh, there's no accountability when things. Um, aren't uh but when things aren't done that should be done that you know that we've asked for it to to be done it you know and it, and it's crazy i it, it makes me so angry when i think about older parts of the city like in southwest and probably southeast fresno that are deteriorating and you know north northwest and northeast fresno are thriving and it was explained to me that, oh, well, you know, when those areas were built up that, you know, the developers came in and, you know, they they put in a pot of money to maintain trees and mediums and all that. Well, okay, but, you know, homeowners in Southwest mm-hmm. and Southeast are taxpayers too. It might not be on the same level as the other parts of the city, but where where are their tax dollars going for? I mean, what are they getting? What benefits are they getting? For their tax it, dollars. Now, now you're talking about 
valerium tax because that's where the property tax, the sales tax, all that stuff is what funds municipalities, you know, and, and, and their tax dollars are spent in what they want, these Measure G funding. I think they have to fight mm. just to get some road repair work in the West Fresno area. It was like saying, hey, why are these roads over here so uh, badly messed up? But you see them always resurfacing and repaving roads on the north side of town. They're saying, well, because they put more tax dollars into it. But if you, yeah. if you owned a car, what somebody told me once, they said, I wouldn't own a Mercedes-Benz in Fresno. And I say, why is that? They say, because the roads are so bad, you would have some bad shocks. And you'd be going to the repair shop, but you might as well just drive a Cadillac or something else more economically because the road will tear up your your, your luxury car. I believe that because there is a lot of potholes around here. That is true. You'd be waiting to file a claim for your your pothole damage. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's true. And and it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to, to, to be like that. I mean, um, my mom, uh, who lives close to King School, had a, a, a tree situation where the tr- the city's tree roots were getting into her water line. We're talking three hundred dollars a month water bill. I remember and, that. You know, I thought this. I, okay, it was it was our city Well, you know, I only have uh, fifty thousand dollars a year for the entire District 3, and I don't have enough money to fix all the things that needs to be fixed, whether it's roads or tree removal or stuff like that. And I and, and he's the one that broke it down about the developers on the north side and all that, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense, but why penalize the people who have been here all this time? And so what do we, I mean, so what do we do about... still taking the tax money. How do we maintain decent roads and, and conditions in our older neighborhoods. We shouldn't just abandon them. You know, I'm going to go back to an old school saying about Star Trek. They say the needs of the many are more than the needs of the few, but I say the needs of the wealthy mm-hmm. are more than the needs of the uh, of the, of the, uh, of the, of the poor. Say that. Mm. See, it's, it's true. It's true. Yep. Definitely so is. I'm really hoping I'm really hoping that, that, that black and brown progressives can agree on an agenda going forward. Uh for Fresno because you know, it's for the last year during um the Black Progressive Summit, the the keynote speaker who is a good friend of mine, Brother James Bell from the Haywood Burns Institute in the Bay Area, we were talking and he was saying, you know, Fresno is a different kind of flavor. He said it's almost as though, uh, and because I was born in Fresno and raised here mostly, you know, I was like kind of offended. And then, you know, I started thinking about all this stuff that 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 we've tried to do, that we're working on doing, that we keep struggling against, and it was hard to not kind of agree with him that the culture here is rotted. The culture you know, here, in certain aspects of, yeah. 
there's a gentleman. I'm, 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 a, I'm. A, I mean, if you ever have time to either go on YouTube or, or, or read his book, his name is Claude Anderson. This guy right, talks. Okay. Yeah, he talks about black labor, white wealth, the search for power, and economic justice. If you listen to what he has to say, he'll tell you. Even though he was freed as slaves from emancipation proximation, that 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 freedom gave us the the right to vote, but we didn't have a power. You know, it didn't give us any power for our vote. It also mm-hmm. didn't give us the due process clause. That Fourteenth Amendment. He talked about that that was only benefiting businesses. And then he said, yeah, mm-hmm. we were free slaves, but we could not, we could not be equal. We, we, you know, we could not, mm-hmm. you know, have, have any kind of a, the, the, the distribution of wealth. You know, we were like right. not able to own, it's like the Black Wall Street. They went to Oklahoma, mm-hmm. they built, you know, built a, built a community and ended up getting burned down. Because they tried to start right. circulating the dollar um, in, in the community amongst their own selves, and, and and then he also talks about, you know, it's a it's a certain condition of the mindset where you know it was okay, it, it, you know, when they when they were talking about the uh, the, the, the I think the the the, the railroad where the instant where people were you know becoming you know into free slaves where it was okay for a person mm-hmm. to you know go ahead and tell on another slave to say hey you know I think they over here trying to you know escape mm-hmm. they were rewarded. For you know, for for telling on the on the slaves trying to get their freedom, and I think you know we right. still are into that psychological state of mind where we're still mm-hmm. pivoted against each other from eating progress. Mhm, mhm. I can see what you're saying, especially in this area. I sure can, because there are some black folks in Fresno who are doing quite well, and God bless them. I, I wish them well and continued success. But there are other people who are struggling, and, you know, I'm the kind of person, I always want to look out uh, for the person at the bottom, you know, and um, that's what, in my opinion, the way I was brought up and raised in my church, you look outside yourself, and you, you, you honor your, your time on earth by serving others. And so it's important that that we think about these things. But I, I think you're absolutely right. I think we have been preconditioned um, to not trust one another, to to turn on one another. But we're gonna, rewarded. I don't that, know how though. many generations it's going to take to get out of that, but it's a struggle I'm willing to continue to to do. Well. Have you have you seen about the, the the debatable discussion about Ice Cube about the contract for Black America? What he's imposing that you know giving us you know certain uh, uh, rights and power where you know instead of being disenfranchised, I mean if you really look at what contract for Black America is, he's talking about you know uh, uh, change on the economic level from banking system to uh, mm-hmm. you know legislation. I mean, the contract for Black America isn't just, it's an open discussion, but it was meant to make mm-hmm. a more perfect union, to make a more perfect mm-hmm. union and, and for uh, open up a dialogue. And I think, you know, that's, right. that's what we have to keep having in the community is an open dialogue and to also to make a, a, a more better community or a perfect community and, and not, right. you know, let the rhetorics 
what we see going on with the political environment like Trump, you know, of course, you know, Biden won the, the, the election, but he doesn't want to concede. But, you know, the, that kind of thing is what, you know, what goes on behind, you know, closed doors. Right. But, you know, it impedes right. on our progress. And when I when I say it really impedes on the progress, it does. It doesn't do anything to get us, you know, moving forward. You know, we, we have to have some kind of empowerment. But if you go back and, and, and really look and understand what what, what, what Anderson, what, what Mr. Claude Anderson was talking about uh, from the Detroit, mm-hmm. um, I believe it was the Detroit Business Journal, that dialogue that he mm-hmm. had with that guy, yeah, I was like, wow, he wrote many books. And, and, and for that man to, you know, talk about it, you know, he kind of breaks it down for people to really understand, you know, how we have to have group economics and, and not just, you know, be consumers in America because we have we have our own dollar. We have our own, you know, uh, spending power. We can empower ourselves exactly. if, we, if we think about group economics and then, you know, develop our own social programs because we don't need a handout. We just need a helping hand. We, we, need a, we, need, we, need, we need a hand or opportunity, but we don't need handouts. We're more than capable. No, no, of, we, don't. Uh, no we don't. We we really don't, brother. And I'm. people have been talking about um, a credit union, a black credit union on the west side or a black bank on the west side for many, many years. And um, it still hasn't materialized, but I still have hope. And you're right. Uh, you know, West Fresno used to have a lot of thriving mom and pop businesses uh, mm-hmm. when I was growing up. They did, and, and and it's all changed. You know, redevelopment came through and wiped out a lot of people, not just their residential homes, but their businesses as well. And so, um, it's unfortunate. But you're right. We don't need a handout. We just need the guidance to set things up and. Let let our money circulate in our own communities. Yeah, if, if our money circulates at least ten to twenty or even thirty times, that right there would change our community. We would we would you know empower ourselves by circulating the dollar within our own community instead of saying I'm gonna go to Walmart and spend you know hundred dollars in Walmart. Where if there's a local mom and pop business in the community, if you invest into that community, because those are the people that's gonna hire you know, people in that community that, you know, that they can, you know, identify with. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. trying to apply for a job outside of your community. You're going to wait months, if not weeks, and, you're, you know, you're going to have to go through a, a hiring pool of thousands of applications. Mm-hmm. Where if you know that owner personally, you know, you build some personal relationships with, but we also have to have the work right. ethics, you know, the, the home, the home, the home schooling has to be there, yes. as well as, you know, the, the yes. values and the principles. You know, and, and and having you know some kind of a family values that 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 we know that okay mm-hmm. we're getting an opportunity to get a job, and we can go ahead mm-hmm. and make ends meet and put food on the table, pay these bills, but we also That's need right. people to you know understand those living environments because if you got one parent working three and four jobs, that parent might not have money for daycare, that parent might not have you know money for tutoring to help that kid you know excel mm-hmm. in academics. Those are the problems that we have and why people are turning to the streets doing what they're doing out there. Yeah. Yeah. But they're being punished. That's yeah. that, 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 that crime bill. Right on the head. There go that crime bill again. Right on the head, brother. That's the crime bill for you. You know, that's 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 the mandatory sentence, you know, because mom gotta work three jobs or dad gotta work three jobs, a single parent. He can't yeah. be there to, you know, to 
to, 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 to supervise or parent the child, but they're saying, you know, you shouldn't have kids right. without out of wedlock. But at the same time, you know, they're paying taxes, doing what they can do, and they they just, right. they, they just don't have they don't have they don't have that family support. Not to mention the schools that are not doing an adequate job for our children. Oh I mean, yeah, that's um, that's that's a whole different thing. I mean, especially if if you have a child who <clears throat> might have be having a bad day, and the next thing you know. They putting this child in special ed might not even really need to be in special ed, and, and this child is tracked as a troublemaker. And here we go, you know, you got you know you got black uh, boys and girls who are on detention. All these different yeah. reasons, and you know, we you could do a whole show of just about the whole education system and how it treats our black kids. So. Yeah, there's a big fight going on about that right now with the department, with with the you know Fresno Unified, Clovis Unified, underrepresent, mm. underrepresented, underrepresented, you know because uh, mm. there's there's people you know trying to make a change. Um, it, that now you're right. That that's a whole another show in itself because uh, mm-hmm. you know, they 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 are uh, they're they're not spending the time that they need to uh, as far as curriculum level. Giving people that one-on-one uh, attention, or at least that you know, that that to help them understand, you know, what what their their pro- their lesson is. Hello, you have reached Marquina Wilson's cell phone. I'm not available at this time, but if you leave your name and number. Yeah. But anyhow. Um, so, but yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right, and and uh, the ed- the the system, the education system as is, is is failing our children. It really is, and it's not helping parents. Um, and once again, you know, property taxes go to pay for public schools. So what what are we paying for? Um, these are things that are, I, I want to say fixable, but it, they can be improved, the way that our children are treated, the way that, that, that they're looked at by, by teachers and administration. You know, I don't want them looking at, at one of my nieces and nephews and saying, oh, they're black, so they obviously are a problem. No. That's that's the potential uh, president of the United States. You don't know. That could be a U.S. senator. You don't know. Uh, but, but they sometimes people kids. are going to school, they're telling them, oh, you know, the kid might say, well, I want to become a doctor. I want to become a lawyer. They're saying, no, you need to go to become an auto mechanic or auto body person, mm-hmm. or you need to go to school to be, to be a you know something else as far as a blue collar worker than trying to have a white collar job. That's like, well, mm-hmm. why, why is that? You know, they they've been preconditioned to you know not to yeah. not to aspire themselves to you know reach for the stars and, and pretty much right. dream 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 killers telling them they're not going to become no doctor. Dream they need killer. to go. You know, they need to go ahead and become a a blue collar worker. Yes, I I like that term. You know, it, it's a, it's dream killer is adequate. That's that's very appropriate. That's what they told me in high school. They, oh, you want to go to college? You need to learn how to type and go to secretarial school. That's what yeah. I was told. Be an office yeah. assistant or administrator, you no know, administrator mm-hmm. stuff. But you know, you say I might want to go become a be a lawyer, represent my you know people of uh, color mm-hmm. or people in my, my my community. Mm-hmm. No, you know you're not qualified enough, or we don't think that's you know the right career path for you. 
you know, we think he that's needs to go right. into a hospitality service. That's right, brother. That's right. And so, you know, and how is a parent going to counteract that if they're working the two and three jobs we've been talking about? Uh, just to keep the home, you know, going, it's it's a vicious circle, but it's something that we can work on as a community. We need to be creating our own jobs, um, monitoring our own and, and creating our own schools. That's one of the things that we do with Fresno Freedom School. It's a wraparound education program, and, and I'm not, I'm, I'm going to just say, you know, for those of you who don't know Fresno Freedom School, go to our website because it's just a nurturing kind of educational program. It's a support wraparound for what kids are already getting at the public schools. Can you expand on Freedom School as far as what, what you do? Freedom School, I'll tell you that. Could you expand on what you do for Fresno Freedom School as far as your intake process, what those children are learning, how do you identify a, a, a student, you know, and what, what do you do as far as different from a public school to a private, you know, point of view from a private uh, learning center? Right, right. Well, right now we are shut down because of the pandemic. And uh, But what Fresno Freedom School does, it is a support Saturday program, and we take kids as young as kindergarten all the way up through you know, high school. It's a cultural thing, so they will learn history, learn uh, practical skills uh, like cooking, um, canning, things like that. They will learn um, uh, it's sort of a STEM and STEAM kind of program because when we do our agricultural program, this is Reverend Harris's uh, forte. So they will plant. They will have journals to to track the growth of what they have planted and and all of that. Um, last year, we uh, partnered with Fresno State uh, on measuring um, – Black Eyed Peas, we had uh, regular Black Eyed Peas that were planted and Nigerian Black Eyed Peas that were a new strain to find out about parasites and things like that. So the kids tracked all that, right? And so, you know, they appeared in the paper with the graduate students who were working on this. And so, um, they, you know, we, we do a lot of fun stuff. We have, uh, you know, teas and, and parties and the kids. Uh, have cooking contests, you know, at different teams where they compete against one another. They do a lot of cooking for the community and distri uh, distributing food uh, free of charge and giving away a lot of the vegetables that they grow. So, um, so what we're teaching them basically is it's a social justice type of foundation that they will get. And the process, we, we do have an application. It's it's all on our, our website. Uh, it's not um, a trip or something that we're taking, but <clears throat> we do always need volunteers and, um, and things like that. And last year we hosted uh, the Progressive 
And for the last, oh, I want to say four or five years, we have hosted Kwanzaa. We were the only group in Fresno that had a citywide Kwanzaa where we had different locations for every night. And it was an education thing, not just for black children and families, but for our, you know, white people who wanted to come and learn about Kwanzaa because the principles are very important. So the children get excited about Kwanzaa. We teach them to to um, live the principles of Kwanzaa, you know, all throughout the year um, because it's important. And so that basically is, you know, Fresno Freedom School in a nutshell. Uh, Reverend Floyd Harris and Sister Dr. Jean Kennedy founded Fresno Freedom School. I think it's been about six or seven years ago now. It might be eight. Uh, and I think they started off with just boys, but now it's co-ed. And I will tell you this, brother, if you come do anything with Fresno Freedom, you will get the fever. And you'll uh, see the passion that the children have and that the staff and volunteers have. And it's just a wonderful experience. It, It really is. It really is. Everybody who comes really has a good time. We are very welcoming. I haven't heard Kwanzaa except during uh, Christmas time. That's not a household name we hear in uh, North America or at least the Americas. You know, when we start talking about Kwanzaa, which is the Nguzu Saba and the principles of faith, and I talked to Kwame, which kind of, you know, re- uh, reiterated that, uh, that, that, that Kwanzaa. You know, especially you know the Yomoja, you know, for the unity and the you know one. And then when you start talking about the agriculture part of it, you know, I don't know if you understand, realize that Fresno County was rated number one in the nation in agriculture. They produced $7.9 billion worth of agriculture. Billion. $7.9 billion of agriculture in 2018 from farmers and ranchers in Fresno County. They produced a record. 7.88 7.88 billion in crops in 2019, which is up from the 7.2 billion. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. Now, I haven't heard the, 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 the 2018, I had heard, but I hadn't heard the wow. Exactly, brother. Exactly. What, please, uh, please I, I didn't mean to, to interrupt you. No, it's okay. But so, with Freedom School, you know, people say, oh, you know, we're planting gardens and vegetables. You know, that's a 7. Point that's over a seven billion dollar industry, a trade skill you're teaching the youth. That's that generational mm-hmm. wealth. That's what Fresno's made of, the generational wealth of agricultural wealth. See? So hands That's down the freedom school about. is all I can say. Hands down the freedom school, you know, where they say, Okay, you know, planting in the garden and what Floyd Harris is saying out there in the in, in you know, putting you know seeds on the ground, that's seven point that's a seven billion dollar skill mm-hmm. to learn. That's right. That's right, and people need to understand that the agriculture is more than just planting. You, you, you know, agronomy, soil. You have all these things. You've got you know, insect. Uh, uh, I mean, insect. Uh, uh, well, trying to get rid of the pests and things like that. All these things have to do with agriculture. So it's not just about planting and digging and, and all of that. And, you know, some black folks might be like, you know, we did all that as slaves. I'm not interested in being outside. But the truth of the matter is, is that 
being outside, planting something, harvesting something is very therapeutic. You know, gardening for some people is very therapeutic. And the kids, you know, kids love dirt anyway. They're going to get outside and do what they're going to do. But the children always seem to have a good time. But, brother, you make an excellent point when you're talking about how much money is generated in Fresno uh, by the ag community. And, you know, black people need to have um, a part of that. Yeah, we we need need more black farmers. Yes. Because the ground out here is fertile. That tells me the ground is fertile. Mm-hmm. Right for the harvest. Absolutely. That's right. That's but I don't right. know if there's any other callers on the line that might want to, you know, uh, uh, identify themselves or, you know, add to the talk show host. We, we like your input. Open the conversation up. Keep the discussion going. We want to, you know, make sure everyone has I, I, a I, I could be talking all night about Fresno Freedom School. So you go, brother. You go. <laughs> We want to learn more about Fresno Freedom School out here because that that, that that's a that's a billion dollar school right now to me. <laughs> well, thank you. We we think so, but we're you know we we we're very committed to the children, and we tell all the adults and um, staff and volunteers it's not about us; it's about the children and what's best for them. And we always want to think about the generations to come. Um, you know, indigenous people and African people will tell you, um, you want to think seven generations out. And and that's what we want to try to do with Fresno Freedom School. We want to lay a foundation so strong that when I'm gone, when Reverend Harris is gone, that Fresno Freedom School will, will live on and the spirit will live on. How can I support Fresno Freedom School if I was once someone that, you know, and I was passionate about supporting my youth? How can I, you know, support your your guys, uh, you know, program and curriculum? How would I how would I be able to donate and sponsor Fresno Freedom School? Uh, well, we have a pardon me, we have a, a donation site. If you wanted to do money, we really like it uh, for people to actually show up when we have events. And you know, the pandemic's kind of put a kibosh on on that for a lot of people. But if you have a special skill that you like to do, like if uh, journalism is your thing and you wanted to talk to the kids and talk to them about what it is to be a journalist and how do you interview and the questions that you ask, we could do a a class about that because it's the interaction with adults really gets things going at Fresno Freedom School and the kids identify with that. We've had had photographers come in. Um, We've had um, different classes that were just practical. We've had auto mechanics come in. We have come in. I mean, it just depends on what your passion is. So it is to money. We do have um, a site for that. And um, but if you wanted to donate your time or you know just give a talk to the kids, we can do that too. So it all depends on what you prefer. What if I'm just saying from a point of view, I wanted to donate financially to, you know, people like yourself that, is, you know, uh, uh, don't have a financial incentive to just do it because they're passionate about, you know, teaching, you know, the youth. 
how do I, you know, say, okay, mm-hmm. I have twenty five dollars I want to give the Freedom School to go to any one of your okay. programs just uh right. you know, just to donate right. donate well, we, to- we do we do have a, a site for that. So you just wanna uh, go to our website, uh freedomschool dot com and you'd be able to access that link Got to do it. that donation. Got it. Yeah. Let's know okay. everyone Thank you they- for, for saying that. Go online yes. to, to federalfreedomschool.com, and if you want to donate and, and help support the, the the program and the mission, objective, and statement that Freedom School is doing in the Valley, uh, you know, those callers that are listening, whether it be uh, people that are on – I don't know if you know that we also broadcast on Spotify uh, as well as uh, uh, Pandora Music as well as Audible as well. Okay. That's wonderful. No, I, I didn't know that, but thank you. That's that's wonderful. Well, I really yeah, so, learned a lot tonight um, from you. Um, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, well, thank you for your time. I know it's kind of late in the evening now, and uh, it looks like there's no one else that's going to join us on the call here. Uh, we, we, we do these calls once a week, sometimes twice a week, depending on the, the mm. host and what what they want to talk about. Uh, but it's no no cost to get on here just to talk about you know your mission, your cause in the community here. Okay, brother, I didn't um, I didn't hear your last name when I I came on earlier, so I want to make sure that I get that. Last name is is Govan G O V A N. Okay. Yeah, we can hear you. Hello, good evening. This is uh, Doctor Harris. Can you uh, all hear me? Yes, yeah, we can. Loud and clear. Yes, uh, good evening. I, I just wanted to, uh, it's been a long day for me. I've been up since 4 o'clock this morning. That's a normal day for me. And uh, I just wanted to commend you, my brother, for uh, your good efforts uh, and successful efforts in creating this opportunity for our community. I believe that media is something here in Fresno, California, better known as Mississippi Fresno. I renamed our uh, city here because of the oppression that is happening here uh, in Fresno, which we have the highest concentration of poverty uh, in the world uh, next to Katrina. Uh, You can go to the Brooklyn Institution Report and read that report. Uh, interesting uh, dialogue y'all are having tonight. I've just been sitting back listening to uh, what you all have been saying. I really want to commend my chairwoman, uh, Aline Reed, for, uh, who is a pioneer of West Fresno, uh, someone who has never left West Fresno, uh, has stayed in West Fresno through all of the uh, institutionalized racism uh, intentional racism that has been going on here for many, many years. Her mother and father had to deal with the redlining here in this community. Uh, and I just want to thank her for her leadership uh, in this community of our women uh, here in America. I feel have not gotten their due credit for the struggle. Uh, we understand that Martin King and Malcolm and you know, the, the great men that has stood up in our community that has fought the good fight, the Black Panther Party. But there also have been women who has uh, uh, fought side by side by the black man 
uh, who has mm-hmm. uh, uh, helped the black man uh, when he was uh, down and out. Uh, the black woman was there uh, all the time, was the backbone of the movement and the struggle. And I just feel that sometimes we just don't give enough credit or we do not recognize. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, and, I, and I know that Sister Aileen doesn't do anything for credit or anything like that. Uh, but I, I just think that it's important that we give folks their roses while they are alive and not by when they're in their casket or recognize them. And I just want to really thank her for her leadership for the Fresno Freedom School. Uh, she has just been a, a, a backbone to me. Uh, she's my mentor. Uh, she's my kickstand. When I uh, feel down, she's there to encourage me to lift me up. But I just want to to, 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 to to just bounce back off some of the topics that you all was talking about this morning, especially the piece about the ag piece. Uh, how is it that, you know, this is a, 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 a billion-dollar industry uh, here mm-hmm. in California, as well as the Fresno County, as well as the San Joaquin Valley. And one would have to ask a question, how is it that Fresno and have the highest concentration of poverty when I just heard the statistic, brother, that you just said about the billions of dollars that the ag industry has made in this area that has the highest concentration of poverty. I would say someone is perpetrating a fraud because I believe that the, the resources and funds should go abroad across the community, but it's not happening like that here in Fresno County, I believe, and I would argue, one, that uh, poverty is a billion-dollar industry to make sure that poverty stay in this community, because that's why now we can justify the Fresno Police Department, which gets the highest portion of the budget here in this community year after year after year after year, and our community is no more safer uh, uh, get more and more money. So when we start talking about defunding the police, you know, one will say, we're not saying that we don't need police. Well, I would say we don't need police because I say that we can police our own community. But you have to have real revolutionary men to mm-hmm. do that, like the Black Panther Party, That's which true. we don't have that now in the 21st century. <laughs> so moving forward with that conversation is that, you know, we we when we look at all of the lawsuits and all of the uh, 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 settlements that has been made by this Fresno Police Department, when we look at the corruption that is going on here in this police department here in Fresno, you would say, how in the world can that that the state or the feds have not came in and taken over the Fresno Police mm. Department with all of the corruption that is going on? <clears throat> When you have uh, a police department that's supposed to be protecting and serving, and I'm going to get to, to, to the conversation and what the topic is, is about tonight, but I want to give some framework right now before I get to that topic. When we understand that police departments are supposed to protect and serve, we are paying for a service that they are supposed to be doing. We're paying for a service that North Fresno is paying for, and we want a service that is excellent. But we're not getting that here in Fresno. What we're getting is we're getting organized crime. 
when you have a deputy yeah. chief who is who is selling heroin and narcotics under the leadership of Chief Dyer now, who is our mayor now. One will say if he was a black man uh, as the chief of police that he would be removed from office to say you're incompetent mm-hmm. of running your police department when you are supposed to be out here protecting and serving your officers not just officers, but your right-hand man is selling dope mm-hmm. that was busted by mm-hmm. the FBI. And so we're paying for a service of organized crime. I would argue, mm-hmm. one, that the Fresno Police Department is a conspiracy to the war on drugs here in Fresno, California, but you're not going to have ministers and preachers and organizers saying that because a lot of them are, one, scared, two, they're bought off three, or they just don't care. And so my point is, moving forward, is that we have to understand that the bill that was passed years, I believe it was, what, 1994, I believe, if I'm correct, uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 that Biden had something to do with that. Um, you know, as I heard my brother say earlier, you know, who, what black man uh, is flying cocaine uh, an airplane That's what black man has a ship that is bringing in ships on big cargo ships That's and containers to the United States and that that dope and cocaine and heroin is hitting the streets of of America and now here it is our people are selling it but then we turn around and we get arrested for it and then we have to do time for it I mean so the real uh-huh. enemy has not being arrested. You're arresting someone who uh, 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 is in a situation of trying to survive, but the real perpetrator hasn't been identified, and it's the U.S. government. And so when, we, when I heard someone, I believe my brother, was talking about Black Wall Street in 19, Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 1929, yes, all black people built a city second to none, that was better than white folks' city. Our ancestors had enough sense to know. You talked about the railroad track here in Fresno. Yes, there were many railroad tracks across America, (laughs) trust me, Mm. many railroad tracks that our black people had to go over and and be maids and butlers and white folks' uh, 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 houses, but they understood that if I can endure, the Bible says the race is not to the swift, but to those who endure to the end. Our ancestors said, if I could just just take the name calling, if I can just take being called a nigga, if I can just take being called a coon, if I can just take uh, uh, this white man touching on me inappropriately, but I just want his money so I can go back to my community and build my community second to none. And if that wasn't good enough, then the white man in the U.S. government came in and tortured and looted and burnt down our ancestors' home. Listen, those properties, that land was supposed to be passed down to us today. Mm. It was supposed to be passed down to us today. It was not passed down to us today, just like these white forms have been passed down to their great, great, great grandchildren. And you talked about uh, wealth. Mm. You talked about Mm -hmm. wealth. So when we look at the farms now today in California, here in the San Joaquin Valley, I mean, we 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 were we would have to talk about Kerner's Islandsworth and 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 and, and Tulare County, Kings County. 
how he came out here to build a city for black people. But do you think that we have enough sense here in California? We settled for them to turn our ancestors' brother. He came out here in wagons, man. He came out here with horses to build a city for us. And the best we can do with all the millionaires here in California, from basketball to baseball to, to hockey to, to tennis and all of that, we settled for a park, amusement park. <laughs> so it shows you the, the, the condition of our mind as black people right now that we he have would not, right now. Have, See, we've been, there was we've no been way you could have done that at entertainers for white folks for over 400 years. When are we going to say, you know what, it's time for us to grab the bull by the horn and we're going to build economic wealth for us today and several generations after us. See, it takes a real revolutionary black man and a black woman to think like that Mm -hmm. and understand by any means necessary, we are going to build our community with you or without you. So we have a problem today that we have to change the mind of how we think here in the 21st mm. century. We cannot continue to, to allow the government to do for us. We have to do for ourselves. Dr. Mm. always wore a shirt that says, do for self or be a, a damn slave, man. This is where we at today. And so when, you, when people start hearing my voice, they get nervous. They say, oh, man. He, he, he's radical. He's damn right I'm radical because the enemy is radical. If the mm. enemy is radical and I'm going to be passive, they're out here mm. to kill us. They're out here to destroy us, man. We have to mm. protect, protect our community by all means. I mean, I have to tell yeah. the truth about myself, man, if I can talk about anybody. I'm 50 years old, and I'm just now understanding the value of credit. Mm. Credit. And I told my people in the Fresno Freedom School, and you can ask my chairwoman right here. I said, listen, I want all of our children to understand the value of credit, general wealth. Yes, I did. want them to understand that they ha- we have to teach them our mistakes. Because I can tell you this right now. White people up north in Fresno, our Arab family, our Hispanic family, our Hmong family, they're building institutions right now. Mm. They're building institutions right now to teach and train their children mm-hmm. to be owners, not renters, to be mm-hmm. owners of That's what right. they deal with in their community. It makes That's no right. sense for us to live in a community here in Fresno where my grandma came from Arkansas in 1950 and moved to West Fresno. And I'll be dog. we don't even own one black grocery store here in the city. Mm. 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 I'm mm. talking about time when we have to look in the mirror and say, what is our problem? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm tired of having meetings. I'm ti- I mean, that's why I say, brother, when I talked to you the other day, when you told me about your radio show, I said, brother, you just don't understand, man. I said, maybe you do understand. I said, but I'm so happy that you created this opportunity for our community. Because our well, community, I had no choice. community in Fresno don't 
have anything right now. We don't have any media network. We don't have any mm-hmm. news from the grassroots community. When you have a newspaper that's going to endorse Jerry Dyer, the California actor, mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. he's the most racist mm-hmm. man, the most racist man. And I'm not saying he's racist just because, you know, it's 9.54 p.m. and I need to go to bed. I'm telling you, his policies was racist against people of color. That's right. And now wow. you have him with the mayor of our city in our own black newspaper endorse. Listen, I don't. It's not about the California advocate endorsing me when I ran for mayor. It wasn't about that. This is about principle. When you mm-hmm. sell out your community, when you sell out your community, you're worthless. You're sorry. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think I think what you're talking about, brother Harris. Yes, sir. I I I I I recall what you're talking about. I believe it had some financial troubles, so it was more about business than it was about the community. Mm. Yeah. He was backed by a lot of lobbyists, a lot of people. A lot of people wanted to see him in power, so he was. He was well connected. You got three black men running for mayor. That should have been the headline. But to endorse uh, somebody like Jerry Dyer, um, that's unconscionable. I, I mean, money is important, but money can't be everything. And 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 really, this this harkens back to the 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 slaves who were telling on the other slaves who were trying to escape. What price did he pay? How much credibility did he lose? I was I'm I'm gonna say this to the listening audience, and I'm gonna be quiet. I think I didn't talk enough. <laughs> no, you can't be quiet because I'm gonna be I, quiet. I, I, I just want to tell our people who are listening, especially our black people, stand up for something. You know, I I don't know what it feel like to be a sellout, and I don't <laughs> ever want to know what it feel to be a sellout. I, you know, I I you know, I'd rather die before I sell out my community. That's how uh, that's how much committed I am to my black people. I'd rather die before I sell out my people. Okay? I mean, if you look at Nat Turner in the movie that he made, that brother, when he found out that the plantation master was killing people every day until he turned himself in, what did he do as a leader? He turned himself in because he loved his people. But he understood that he had to do what he had to do. Because when you when you when you see your people suffer and you don't feel something inside, then you're really not human. Mm. You're really not human. Because you, you, you have to love your people unconditionally. Listen, you know, the police department want to call our kids thugs and hoodlums and this, is and that. Those are my brothers and sisters, man. 
them are brothers and sisters. They're they haven't gotten have an opportunity. Addiction. As my brother, we talked the other day. You know, if, if if we got a brother who is selling dope, or a sister is selling dope, or whatever the case may be, at the end of the day, they are a businessman and a businesswoman. Okay? Because they know how to deal with numbers. They have a product that they're selling to kill our people. But a real leader has to come in and educate and teach that brother and sister. Listen, man, let's take your skills and turn it in a positive Mm -hmm. way. But see, we don't have real men in Fresno that can go out in the street and deal with our brothers. See, our people want to go partner with the damn police. <laughs> and they don't want to put the damn drugs in the community. They don't want to put the guns in the community. Hello. Man. That's- so I understand. Listen, I understand why preachers don't like me. I understand why the government don't like me. But I don't give two dead flies, man. Because my loyalty is to my people. See, the Bible says that the shepherd is supposed to lay his life down for the sheep. So every day I'm laying my life down, man, for the sheep each and every day. It doesn't mm. matter what church you go to, what the I mean, I don't even give a care what church you go to. All I know is we got something in common. We got dark skin. And we all mm. came over on these boats, and the first boat was called Jesus when we sailed to America. Mm. So you're not going to get real talk In a conservative area Like the San Joaquin Valley Because Mm -hmm. it's just too easy To sell out Mm -hmm. That's why Sister Aline created The Progressive Black Summit So that black people Could come together And sit and talk with one another About the conditions and the ills Of what's going on in Fresno County Mm-hmm. So right. I understand why Jerry Dyer didn't want to debate me for mayor. I understand why. Because he was scared. <laughs> the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. People just going to have a conversation about truth. Wow. Well, Reverend Harris, why, why are you running for mayor? You, you ain't, you ain't got no money. You ain't got this, but you know what? I got heart, and that's mm-hmm. something that we have lost as black people. We have lost our heart. Mm. I'm gonna be quiet because I could go all night, and brother, I don't want to take no more time of your show. I just want to thank you for giving me a little time to. Share a little knowledge, but you know, like I said, I, I I'm a revolutionary. I I march with I don't march with an American flag. I march with a red, black, and green flag. All right, that's true. That's what I'm talking about. I'm gonna tell you something right now. I'm not disrespected because this is Veterans Day. Because I want nobody to sound disrespecting my veterans. I went to go see my uncle Grave today on Belmont, and I live streamed. You can go to my Facebook and see it. I gave him all honors. But I will say the difference between that American flag 
and the red, black, and green flag. The American flag was flying when Jim Crow was here in America. The American mm-hmm. flag was flying when they made the U.S. Constitution and George Washington was raping slaves and Lincoln and the rest of them. That 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 That's United true. States flag, that 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 white, red, and blue flag was flying when Black Wall Street was being destroyed. But that red, black, and green flag ain't done no harm to nobody. Mm. I'm going to let it rest. I'm going to let it rest right there. What what you said, Brother Harris, Reverend Harris, was was the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen. they don't want to hear the truth because if you, if once once you once you once you hear the truth and you know the truth, you know you have the choice to uh to you have a you have to have to make a choice like you said look in the mirror and, and face that you know reality and there's uh two two coins you know there's there's two coins of the city you know there's the rich the wealthy and the poor mm. and, and no one no one wants to look mm-hmm. at that that, that reality. They want to can keep I, each I, other down. Can I can I ask both of you one question? And I'm sorry, I said I was going to be quiet. But I just want to ask one question. Go you for know, it. Maybe maybe I don't have enough education. <clears throat> maybe I'm just not as smart as Biden or or the, the Harris lady running for president. Maybe I don't have the the prestige or the knowledge or whatever that Jerry Dyer has as mayor of Fresno. But every time I listen to politics, I never hear nobody talk about the poor. Hmm. It's like the poor is not even irrelevant. Mm. I always hear about upper class, middle class, but I never hear about the poor. I never hear about what politicians going to do to empower the poor. I never hear politicians talk about how we're going to deal with this generation gap of, of wealth and, and, and how we're going to mm-hmm. you know, pull the bottom up to the top. I, I, I never hear about that, but yet the system is making billions of dollars off the poor. Yeah. So I, I don't understand. So my question is, why is it that politicians don't campaign around the poor situation that's going on here in America? I mean, you 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 all know that 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 when the welfare system was created. It was intentionally done to eliminate the black man out of the home. Mm. Because the black, so the system was set up to say, hey, sister, if you want this money to feed your babies, that black man can't be in the house. (laughs) But the black man is supposed to be the protector of the black woman and the children in the home. Mm. But for the love of that woman and children, he removed himself from the house so that his baby
babies can be fed because he understood that the white man wasn't going to give him a job. Mm. Mm. And so then when he left, the woman then turned around and started depending on the government. And so she would lose respect for the black man. He has no value anymore. And so mm. we talk about how the black family was dismantled and destroyed, man. It's a generational curse in this country, especially in Fresno County, man. Because now we got all these black kids out here shooting and killing each other every night in Fresno. Mm. Mm. I mean, the, I mean, Cooley and Sterling, man, is getting rich off the killings and deaths of one another, man. This is a generational curse for the past 30, 40, 50 years in this country. That's why they had to cook the Aline. That's why they had to eliminate the Black Panther Party, because they had the blueprint of the liberation yeah. of the black family. That, well, I, I don't know if the brother want to wanna answer first, but I was going to answer the first part of your question, Rev, about why politicians don't want to talk about poverty. They have demonized um, not poverty, but the word socialism. They want to throw socialism around, like, oh well, you know, we try to help the poor and and um, help everybody. You know, we're a socialist uh, society, and that is not a bad thing. Democratic socialism is not a bad thing. It really is the way things should be. And when um, LBJ talked about a war on poverty in the 60s, This is that's what he was talking about, but the welfare system that he created uh, is just what you said, Rev. So I just want to say that that's why politicians don't want to touch poverty because they got it linked up with socialism. That, that's all I wanted to say. All right. Thank you, Mike. I'm, I'm going to be quiet now. I apologize. I'm going to be quiet. Well, well to, to kind of go ahead and... Uh, the second part of the answer, at least from my my point of view of what you were saying, why they don't want to uh, acknowledge the the poor is, you know, most of their campaign donors is from those the 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 the, the pack, the super pack, you know, and and the, and the mm-hmm. poor people isn't funding their political campaign. However, mm-hmm. they want that vote, and that's what I was saying earlier in the show. That vote has no power behind it. Even though we have a right to vote, it has no power. There, there is no mm. incentive behind that vote, you know. But they, they expect that they are are entitled to that vote. However, you know, the other part of it is no one wants to hear the truth. And and if we go back to what Marcus Garvey was talking about, you know, the 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 red, the black, the green, the Pan Africanism. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to look at what those colors and the symbolic meaning of what that is. You know, the red, like how many people have died in the slave, you know, slave movement, in the slave trade, you know, all the way up to the civil rights movement. And even now, you know, people are being gunned down with unarmed black men and being killed. You know, that's the blood of the people, which is the red. You know, blood has been shared on both sides of the poor, the wealthy, and the middle class in the fight for liberation, you know. Many black people have shed the blood. You know, what is the black? Like the Black Lives Matters movement. 
you know, that black represent, you know, the black people. But they're saying, oh, you know, you guys are, uh, uh, what do they call it, Antifa organization, you know. And But if you think about the other groups, the Proud Boys, he told them, stand down, stand stand by and stand down. <laughs> you know, signaling mm-hmm. to them, you know, he, he, he's supporting them. You know, then we look at what our green represents, which is a symbol of our growth and the natural fertility of Africa. But we in America, we have no fertility in America, let alone the gold for our wealth. So we are, like you said, we are a social social engineer and social condition, uh, a, a group of people that have to, you know, identify ourselves. And we have went through 400 years of oppression. We have been unable to have wealth has been disproportionately distributed. You know, we don't even own 1% of the wealth in the United States. And we built this country. Mm. But when technology, you know, caught up to uh, human labor or black labor, we were no longer needed to build the country no more because now they got machines to do the work. And that's what people don't realize now. You know, we're like dinosaurs to them now. We, we've served our purpose. Right. That's why the, 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 the automobile industry don't need people to build cars no more. The machines do the work. Mm. Wow. We served our purpose. So we we didn't understand that so we, we served just, our purpose. We were, just fodder, we were just fodder for the capitalist machine. So this is one of the reasons why both you brothers have talked about uh, building black wealth. And this is why we don't need the handout you were talking about uh, earlier, brother. We need our own institutions, our own businesses. Reverend Harris has talked about this for a long, long time. You know, how many times a black dollar turns over in Southwest Fresno before it leaves, and usually it turns over once before it leaves Southwest Fresno. So we have work to do, and uh, how we're going to do it, I'm not sure, but I I believe it can be done. I mean, our parents and grandparents did it, and they had less to work with. Well, when 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 the turn of the century came, when the black labor was no longer a wealth as a as a, as, a, as a part of wealth, like in the deep south, like when they you know brought us over from you know England, and that's what the Civil War was about. Mm-hmm. It was about them saying that you need to ship us this cotton, you need to ship us this sugar, you need to ship us this you know uh, refinery stuff to England so they can produce it and sell it off. They said, no, nah, we gonna use the slaves here. And the slaves outnumbered the white population. It was more right. about now we no longer them. We are like the third minorities now. We're not the leading. We're not the leading population anymore. And, and we need. And eventually we'll wake up and see we are third class citizens when we're third and third in in in, in who is uh, the majority over here. And the wealth mm. distribution is not equally. And like you were saying, you know, how does a person get in power and <laughs> You know, and being able to be, you know, making decisions in politics, that just goes back to showing you we we have no political power. We have no wealth. We have no economics here. Mm-hmm. But there's a mm-hmm. billion-dollar agriculture industry. We're not tapping into it. We're not tapping into real estate. We're not tapping into none of the ten principles of wealth here. Real estate, equity, gold, precious metal, 
retirement, savings, saving 10% of our income, giving even 10% to the church. Where's our... Let me ask you, brother. Okay, you heard about those folks. Was was it in uh, Alabama that they bought 96 acres of land and they're going to build a city? Um, I believe I heard something about that. Why can't we do that in the Central Valley? It it depends on who your business partners are because one bad business partner will spoil spoil it for the rest of the people that want better. So... Mm -hmm. You know, we, we have so much tribalism, which is more like the conquering divide and, 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 and that condition where we have too many chiefs and not enough Indians. I believe you but, on that. But on the other side of town, the Asians got their own community. They own their own shopping malls, shopping centers. They own their own grocery stores. The, the Hispanics own their own shopping centers and grocery stores. You know, whites own their own shopping. But what do we own? What do we really own besides a little bit of housing, a little bit of land? What do we really own? Mm-hmm. We don't have our own black supermarket. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. So we have to look at the 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 way that the wealth is distributed in the valley and why we are the the under underclass uh, or at least the minorities and not the majority. Yeah. Wow. But I want to thank Floyd for uh, getting on there, talking about you know the real, the real, the real deal here, and not sugarcoating it. You know, not saying you know I'm in the same predicament. People won't welcome me on their talk shows. They will not invite me on their TV shows. They won't even have a Zoom meeting with me because it will threaten. Mm -hmm threaten their 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 donors, you know, that they get funding for by having me talk about my ideals and the views so they will not entertain me having a dialogue and open conversation with them. So I have to have my own mm-hmm. media, my own platform for me to talk about mm-hmm. realities and what's wrong, the truth. Yes. Yes. So important. Well, well, I've enjoyed my time talking to you this evening, yeah. brother. I want to thank you for having me. Well, thank you as well for you know everything you know you you poured out and in, into in, this to this you know this 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 podcast here. Uh, we look forward to you know hearing more from you, from Floyd, anyone else like minded that you know want to be a voice in the community and, and want to have you know uh, something to say that's more meaningful than just you know what we hear about you know the the media. That wants us to only know what we what they what we need to know, or will be what they want us to know. Yes, indeed. Hey, Floyd, can you can you close us out with a prayer, brother? Yes, sir. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for another opportunity. We thank you for waking us up this morning. We thank you for giving us a conscious mind. Lord, we thank you for our community right now. We thank you for those who are in our community. We ask tonight that you bless this show. We ask that you would build this show. We thank you for the host of this show, for the vision that he has given our community right now. We thank you for those who are listening right now and that something was said today that 
that not that they just like it, but empower them to move into action right now. We sit in a time right now of trauma. We sit in a time right now where people are divided. But we ask right now as we move forward and going into the 21st century in another month, we ask that 2021 will be a year of change, a year of transformation, a year of a thermostat that we will be able to help and empower the next several generations in our community. We just thank you right now. Keep us safe. Keep our families safe. Keep us encouraged. Keep us to be wise with wisdom when we speak and when we talk and that we can build each other up and not tear each other down. We will say amen. Amen. We want to have a good night, blessed night. We appreciate that closing prayer, Reverend Floyd Harris. Bless your heart. Thank you and good night. Thank you for joining Fresno Capital Formation.